John uh, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> Not the Gospel of John, but 1 John, where we've been for a little while. And just kind of give you guys a recap of what we've been covering. Um, we've seen that John has given us 10 tests of assurance of our salvation here in his, his epistle. Uh, we know that John's battling some false teachers here, you know, and, and John is writing this letter to give assurance to his congregation that they can be, uh, that they can have assurance of their salvation. I mean, it's a beautiful letter, man. It's, it's, we've been here since January, so we've been going for a little while in this book. It's been a super big blessing to me, and I hope it's been the same to you. First uh, John chapter 4. And I kind of want to open it up by saying this, but has anybody in here ever believed a lie before? Anybody ever been deceived before? I know I have. I've believed many lies before, right? And it doesn't feel good when somebody tricks you or cuns you with a lie, right? It's kind of a... It's manipulative, it's, it's misleading, it hurts you, and often kind of gets you in trouble, especially when somebody tries to get you on their side by telling you these lies, and then they get you over here on, on their side, and you haven't even sought out the matter yet, and then it gets you in trouble with this other person. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you go on this person's side, and you believe the lie that they told you to pin them against them. But unfortunately, today, we have to test everything that we hear, right? Because not everything is true. Uh, you know, most people believe anything that they find on the Internet, and most people believe anything that they hear on the Internet, that they see on the Internet, that they read on the Internet, right? If it's on the Internet, if Siri said so or if Google says so, then it's got to be true, right? That's what most people's ideology is probably today, right? But, but in doing that, they push aside what the Word of God says is true because it doesn't align uh, with their desires or with their heart. They want to see what Siri has to say. They want to see what Google has to say. So today we look at the misleading nature of the false teacher and how, we, uh, and how we as believers are protected by the truth and the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1-6. through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is, is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we pray this morning or this evening, God, that you, would, um, that you would help me to preach, that you'd help me to get all the way out of the way, that it wouldn't be about me, that it'd be all about you. And God, that you would get the glory. And we pray, God, for ears to be open, for eyes to be open, for hearts to be softened, that uh, your word, your truth would fall on hearts and it would be received with gladness and joy. And God, that lives would be changed here in this place today. Starting in a room like this, with a small congregation like this, God, we pray that you would, you would change lives and that it would just flow out of this place and that we would be able to change lives through the Holy Spirit throughout this city. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Look with me at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 real quick. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Before we get to the first point, I just kind of want to tell you guys where, we, where we're going. 
Uh, when I came across this, uh, I, me and Daryl had actually talked a while back that we wanted to kind of start a series on false teachers and false religions that are in the world because many people are deceived and many people are, are led astray. And I was at one point in time even by some false teachers and by some, um, and by some false religions and things like that. So we wanted to kind of talk about that, take a series, a few weeks where we would discuss these things to try to help our congregation learn what to avoid. And as we were going through that, you know, I came to when and working through the series, I came to first John chapter four and I came to this section of scripture. And I was like, man, there's no better time than now to kind of just read this and use this kind of as the key couple of verses and then just pause and take a few, you know, maybe three or four weeks that we could discuss different um, cults. We could discuss different false teachers and things like that so we can be on guard and what we hear, what we listen to, what we watch, what, what we would tell other people to read. OK, does that make sense? So that's where we're going. So my first point is uh, do not believe everything that you hear. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we see John start off this section of scripture by saying beloved. So in that sense, he's, he's using this uh, term of endearment, okay? And his audience is that it's his congregation. It's, his, um, it's called out believers in Jesus Christ. He's calling them beloved. In some, some translation, he calls them friends or dear friends. And so he's also got this sense of concern about it uh, and saying what he says. He's, you know, beloved, do not believe everything that you hear. You know, John's warning his flock not to believe every spirit, but to put them all to the test to see whether or not they are from God. Uh, you know, if somebody walked up to you right now and they said, hey, I have a word from God for you. Would you believe what they said or would you have to go back to the Bible and take it to the Bible and see if that's true? Right. I would hope that a lot of you guys would say, let me see about that. I don't think that's true. Hold on. Get away from me for a minute. You know what I mean? OK, so I would hope that we would put it to the test to see if it's true. So why is John telling both his congregation and us as well at this time today, not to believe every spirit, but to see if they are from God. Why would he be saying that? Well, if we keep reading, he says this, because many false prophets, many false teachers have gone out into the world. And so I want you to catch that. It says many, okay? Not just one or two or not just a few here and there, not just a handful, but many false prophets, many false teachers have gone out into the world. A bunch of them, a lot of them. So John's saying, just, don't just believe anything that anybody tells you, but put it all to the test to see if it's really from God. Test what I say. Test what Rick says. Test what Daryl says, what Pete says. And I promise you that if any of us get offended for you wanting to test what we say to the Bible, we're in the wrong place. Amen? Amen. Test what everybody says. Just because they stand behind a pulpit doesn't mean that they're going to preach the truth. Amen? Amen. So the internet is a great tool. Would you, would you guys agree with that? The internet is a great tool. It can be in the right hands, right? Um, the internet, you can, uh, at any given time, you can, man, I need to know more about this text. You could type it in there. A, a list of sermons would come up. You could watch on YouTube, a podcast or two. You might even get some commentaries or things like that. Um, you know, if we had our video camera going right now, we could stream that online and people could watch in different states and different countries and, and evangelism and missionary work kind of just spreads like wildfire without even having to try because of this beautiful technology that we have. But however, where there is a, the, there's this access to countless sermons and commentaries, where there's this plethora of information on the internet, there's also going to be access to many false teachers in the world today. Amen? Amen? And so with all the information available to us just here at our fingertips, just here in our hands, it's never been more important than it is today to test what we hear to see if it's really from God. So we kind of have this mentality, like I said earlier, that we ask Siri, 
whatever question we have. So we might say, hey, Siri, uh, will, will you please answer this question? Or we could say, hey, Google, you know, will you please answer, answer this question? So we have the mentality to ask today. We have the mentality to ask little G Google what the truth is in a situation. And I want to ask you this question. Why are we resorting to Apple and to Google before we even consider what God has to say revealed here in his world, here in his word? Why do we keep going to our phones or our laptops or, or the search bars and search engines to figure out what the truth is when we have it right here and we can't search it out for ourselves? Amen. Granted, the Internet does help us to get to that truth a little bit faster than having to dig through it or with, a, with commentary or, or uh, concordances and things like that. But so I, I typed in a series of questions into my Google search bar and questions that are primary of primary importance. I typed in questions like this. Did Jesus Christ sin? Was Jesus Christ a human? Was Jesus born of a virgin? Was Jesus a created being? Will Jesus make me rich? I asked those series of questions. And you'd be surprised by what I found, right? Uh, I found people arguing that, yes, Jesus sinned. I found people arguing that, yeah, he wasn't human. I found people arguing that Mary wasn't a virgin. And in fact, she was just born without original sin. Like, how do you get off the hook on that one? Come on, guys. Uh, I, found, I found people arguing that Jesus was created like Adam. And I found a lot of people that said, yeah, Jesus will make you rich. It's a, that's a popular mainstream theology now is that Jesus wants to give you health, wealth, and prosperity. It makes me sick. It really does. It drives me crazy when I see stuff like that. It makes me sick. And, it, and it's no wonder we have so many confused people in the world because they believe little G Google over big G God. Amen. So brothers and sisters, if you're reading uh, just anyone online or if you're just reading any book because they're entertaining, because they talk good, maybe they look good, maybe they make you feel good. I want to challenge you this today. Don't read them for those purposes. If you're reading them for those purposes to be entertained or hearing them for those purposes to be entertained, I want you to stop. Don't listen to people who tickle your ears or maybe that just make you feel right. I want you to put them all to the test and see what God has to say about what they're saying. So if I go to a lake or if I go to a river, I really like to go to a lake or to a river where there's bluffs or there's rocks or something that I can jump off of, right? I, if there's a beach over here, a nice sandy beach, I would rather not go to that beach if there's a bluff over here that I can jump off of. But in the same time, if I go to that bluff and I'm going to jump off that bluff into the water, what am I going to do first? I'm probably going to swim around it first and make sure it's deep enough for me to jump right in. I don't jump right in with some rocks or some sticks or something like that where I'm going to get hurt, right? I'm going to check it out first. And I don't care who it is that's telling me that that water's plenty deep enough. Go ahead and jump. I'm going to go down there and check it out for myself first, right? And in the same sense, I want to test waters. But in the same sense, in the same way, we need to be careful who we listen to. We need to test the waters of who, who we're listening to because without even trying, we very well could be ending up jumping into jagged rocks hurting ourselves, flying right into hellfire without even knowing it. So how do we test these spirits? Look there at 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that, that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Wait, I missed it. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which we have heard uh, that it is coming and now is already in the world. So we got to remember that John has these opponents here that he's battling, that he's going toe-to-toe with in the ring. And these opponents believe that you can go ahead and sin as much as you want to, that it has no effect on your eternal life, right? They're called, it's an early form of Gnosticism. And, and, and they, these opponents also believe 
that Jesus Christ was a created being or they deny his deity whatsoever, that he wasn't even God. They, they like to question that. So that's why you see John start off the, the, his first epistle or start off this epistle with saying that what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have touched, what we have looked at concerning the word of life. This life was manifested. He's talking about Jesus Christ being eternal and then being incarnate. So he's backing up right off the jump street that Jesus is God. He has no boundaries or timeline. And he was made in the flesh. Amen. Or he, he, he did come in the flesh. So these people deny that, his, his opponents. And who else kind of denies that today? Well, you have Jehovah Witnesses. You have Mormons who deny that Jesus came in the flesh. You know, many people deny that Jesus existed. You know, many people deny that he was God. Some people deny that he was man. Uh, you know, Islam and Judaism, they deny that he was the Savior. And, and in fact, they just call Jesus just a great prophet. They just say he was a great guy that ran around and did great stuff. But they were all, uh, uh, Muhammad was more superior to, to, to Jesus than, as, as a prophet. You have people who deny his deity all the time. And, you know, and many people believe and teach that Jesus was not sinless, but actually sinned during his ministry. But what does John say here? By this, you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So in other words, we'll know what teachers and we'll know what religions are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, We'll know which religions, what teachers are from God. And how will we know that? By how they represent Jesus. So what do they have to say about Jesus? And what they have to say about Jesus is going to tell us everything we need to know. So any religion, any person, or any doctrine that dishonors or denies Jesus is, is the work of Satan. Any teaching that contradicts the person and work of Jesus Christ is demonic. Any teacher who stands in the place of God and belittles the atonement of Jesus Christ is fueled by the spirit of the Antichrist. Teachers from God will glorify the perfect, sinless God-man, Jesus Christ. Amen. John sixteen thirteen through 15 says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, the Holy Spirit, in this sense, the Holy Spirit will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Genuine teachers of God speak what the Holy Spirit has spoken through God's written word and nothing else. Amen. They don't add to it. They don't subtract from it. They don't rely on special revelation. They don't rely on lucid dreams. They don't rely on some voice inside of their head to tell them. They rely on the word of God and what it has to say, right? Real teachers represent Jesus well and give him the glory that he deserves. As God who knows no timeline, who always has existed. As their creator, whom through all things were made by him and for him and through him. As a king who was born, of a, ch- or born a child through a virgin birth. As the perfect man who knew no sin yet was tempted on all levels as we are. As the glorious sacrifice who became sin on our behalf. Taking on the full measure of God's wrath on the cross of Calvary. They will glorify him as the risen savior who triumphed over death and Satan when he resurrected after three days and walked out of that borrowed tomb. Amen. And they will glorify him as the ascended king who is seated at the right hand of the father. 
Real teachers of God represent Christ returning as, as a rider on a white horse called faithful and true. One who judges and makes war with justice. One whose eyes are like fiery flame wearing many crowns on his head. One wearing a white robe dipped in blood whose name is called the word of God. One who with a sharp sword from his mouth strikes the nation and rules over them with an iron rod. One who tramples the wine presses of the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. One with a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Real teachers of God proclaim this Jesus, the true Jesus and the only Jesus. Amen. That is Jesus. If they say anything else, that's not Jesus. So if what you're hearing on YouTube or Facebook or Apple or Google does not match this, what I just told you, you need to run. Amen. Put what you hear to the test by aligning it to what God's written word says. Ask yourself these questions when you, when you hear something from somebody. Is this true of Jesus? Ask, ask God this. Is this true of you, Lord? If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, he's going to act like a built-in lie detector. And he will give you assurance of what you're hearing as, he, as you put it to the test. Because it's his will that you test the spirits. The Jesus I portrayed is the Jesus of the Bible. And he's the only Jesus. And some people might say how prideful it is of you, Tanner, uh, to, to believe that you have it all figured out. And say that you know this is the only way that people are saved. And you have it all figured out about Jesus. How prideful it is of you to say that, Tanner. And I would say this. How prideful of it, it is of you to believe that you can just make Jesus into whomever you want him to be. That's not what you get to do. Okay? Do I know every attribute of Jesus? Absolutely not. The Bible says that his ways are like the grains of the seashore. Jesus is infinite. He cannot be exhausted. He cannot be measured. He is not like a word in a dictionary that can be defined to a T. Okay? So he's ultimately infinite and he cannot be figured out completely. So do I have every piece of Jesus figured out? No. But what I have, well, what he has revealed to me in his written word, uh, that I'm going to preach and that I'm going to teach. And I have all that I need to know and hear. Amen. Amen. So in that, we're going to take pride and I'm going to speak for Rick. Uh, in that, we're going to die on this hill of proclaiming that Jesus is proclaiming the, the Jesus of the Bible and that he is the only way to salvation. So, yes, we will defend this truth. And yes, we will fight off the wolves who deny Jesus in any way, shape or form. Yes, we will try to protect you, our flock, from everything uh, with everything that we have from these from these false teachers and false prophets. And we pray and we hope that that's something that you guys can get behind us with. And that you can love us for, amen, because we got your back. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 says this. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by the means of the word of God in prayer. And pointing out these things to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the good doctrine which you have been following. Look at me at uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 real quick. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and listens to them. Our third point, the spirit of God is greater. So John, again, is using this term of endearment. and He calls his flock little children. Uh, it'd be funny if I called you little children, right, Ron? Because you're older than me like by three times or so. I'm just kidding. 
I can say that's wrong because we're cool like that. I think I think we are. We were, yeah. We was we was cool. Uh, I love you too, little children. I'm just kidding. But what does he say to his, all jokes aside, but what does he say to his little children? That they're from God. That they're from God. That they are saved, that they've been born again, that they are true believers in the risen son, Jesus Christ. That they believe in the Jesus of the Bible. He says, you are from God, little children. You're saved. I know that about you. Your your life matches up with it. Everything that you say and do and preach is evidence of that. John says, you are from God, little children. You have overcome the spirit of the Antichrist. You are from God, little children, and have overcome the false teachers. You are from God, little children, and you have overcome Satan. Why have you done that? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Turn to your neighbor and say it, okay? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. One more time for the people in the back. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. Say that every day this week and tell me if you ain't got victory. Greater is he who is in me than he is who in the world. Amen. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. True believers, little children of Jesus Christ who have been born again by God and have received the promise of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of them. If you believed on the Lord uh, Jesus Christ for salvation, you immediately become a temple of the Holy Spirit. You immediately become a house. You immediately become a residence of God. How awesome that is, right? The moment that you believe, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in your, in your life, in your heart. You become indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of God. Amen? Man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to think that God will live inside of me. It's a scary thing at the same time that I would grieve the Holy Spirit with my actions at times. There's nothing greater than God. Amen. You, do you agree with me on that? Anybody got to say anything else about that? Anybody in contrary to that in opposition? Nothing's greater than God, right? There's nothing more powerful than God. There's nothing more mightier than God. God's stature makes Mount Everest look like an anthill. God's strength puts the United States armed forces to shame. God's power makes the most powerful kings and rulers seem like beggars in the streets. God is greater than any numerical equation, stronger than any steel, mightier than any spiritual force. He is God and he lives inside all of us who believe. Amen. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God makes the demon shudder and the devil tremble. The Holy Spirit is far more powerful and greater than the spirit of the Antichrist. The Holy Spirit is truth. The spirit of the Antichrist is a lie. The Holy Spirit is, is life. The spirit of the Antichrist is death. The Holy Spirit is hope. The spirit of the Antichrist is hopelessness. The Holy Spirit is promise. The spirit of the Antichrist is deception. The Holy Spirit seeks to save. The Holy Spirit, or the the spirit of the Antichrist seeks to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The Holy Spirit is a dove. The spirit of the Antichrist is a serpent. The Holy Spirit is greater, and the spirit of the Antichrist is lesser because he's all powerful. Because the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, we are overcomers. Because He is almighty, we are overcomers. Because He conquered the grave, we are overcomers. Amen? There's this old song or this song that goes like this. By His stripes we're healed. By His death we live. The power of sin has overcome. It is finished. It is done. We are overcomers by what Jesus has done on the cross and what He did in the tomb when He rose again after three days. Amen? 
We no longer have to believe the lies of the false teachers. And we no longer have to believe the lies of those who are wearing uh, or who are wolves in sheep's clothing. We know the truth. We've overcome them because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Because we're from God. Because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Those uh, who refuse to believe the truth, those who are of the world and have the spirit of the Antichrist living inside of them will not hear us. Let's look at verses five through six. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of the truth, of truth and the spirit of error. Fourth point, the great following. So John's dealing with false converts leaving the church and following these false prophets and teachers. So what's going on? Remember in 1 John when he says, um, they went out of us. Uh, they went out from us because they were not of us. And what he's saying is that these false converts went out from us following these false teachers and following these false prophets in that day and age uh, because they were not of the faith, really. They left. They did not persevere with the other saints. Amen? Uh, so they went out from us because they were not of us. They were following these false teachers and following these false prophets. And, and how does John reason with this? Well, he, he reasons with it by calling it as it is, okay? Uh, these false teachers are of the world. They're, they're of Satan. They speak to only things that benefit the people here and now. I want somebody to step on my toes, okay? Like I heard uh, Rachel Morales tell me one time, she said, when we got to, when we got to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, I wanted somebody to yell at me. Everybody was preaching a fluffy message. I wanted somebody to step on my toes and yell at me a little bit. Tell me what I needed to fix, amen? You don't want a message that's fluffy and light to benefit you for the here and now every single time you come to church, amen? You need to be challenged and, 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 and to, to work on sanctification, so therefore, the false converts and those desiring the world, they tend to follow after those preachers who preach the world, right? Birds of a feather flock together. Quack, quack. The false teachers in John's day uh, taught that Christians could do whatever they wanted to. You know, that they, that they could live however they wanted because sin had no effect on their eternal state. So that's what these false teachers are preaching. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Sin as much as you want to. It's going to have no effect on your eternal state. You'll be just fine, okay? But we know that that's false today because salvation doesn't lead to more sin. Salvation leads to godliness and to holiness and to sanctification, amen? It's not, it's, we don't sin so that grace may abound. That's not how that works. So what's an example that we see of this today? Well, we see the word of faith movement and we see the prosperity gospel that teaches that that God desires for all Christians or that God's desire for all Christians is that they would all be happy and healthy and wealthy. Right. They teach that God allows them to speak their desires into existence as if they had creative power. They even go as far to call themselves little gods. They treat God and they treat the Bible as a genie like Aladdin is what I think of. And they rub that lamp. And out comes the genie. That's how they treat God. That's how they treat the Bible. And they rub the lamp and out comes their own desires. And here's the, here's the wicked part. One of the wicked parts is that they teach that sickness. They teach that poverty. They teach that other struggles are an evidence of a lack of faith. I want you guys to all look at Daryl real quick. Look at Daryl. If that's true, 
If that's true, then God hates Daryl. And we know that's not true because we know that if anybody's got faith in this room, it's Daryl. Amen. What's he say? He says, I ask that God would not heal me because what's this do? It brings me closer to you, Lord. Right. If anybody's got faith, it's this man. Give me faith like Daryl. Glory to God. I know you're saying that. So I'll say it for you, Daryl. Glory to God. Right. But if that's true, if that's what that's what they're teaching. And you look at somebody like Daryl and you would say, shame, shame, Daryl. You just don't have enough faith to get healed. The thing is, he don't want to get healed because he knows he's in God's hand. He's going to be healed when he gets to heaven. Amen. That's something to shout about. Sorry for putting you on the spot, brother. I, I didn't think you would mind. So why are these preachers and why are these teachers so successful? Because they speak like they're from the world. They speak as if they're from the world. And they are from the world and the world listens to them. So, you know, century after century, great women or great men and great women of the faith have stood up to these false teachers. In 1517, you see Martin Luther stand up against a guy named John Tetzel, who was selling indulgences to raise money for the Catholic Church. You know what he used to say? He was the first prosperity preacher John Tetzel was. You know what he used to say? As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. The Catholics believe that there's this intermittent spot between heaven and hell where you go to purgatory. The root word is purge. You have to go there to get your sins purged out a little bit more because Jesus Christ just didn't really pay it all the way. You've got to go to this place to get some more sins released. And so if, if, if I had a loved one there that was in purgatory and I could give a little bit of money to the Catholic Church so they could build this cool cathedral, then, then I could potentially be able to release this loved one from purgatory and let him go to heaven. And what a false teaching that is. And what and they, that's what he was, was a prosperity teacher. So you look at a man from in 1517 named Martin Luther who was standing against that guy. You even go back to the book of Acts and you see them stand up against that sorcerer Simon even, right? Uh, you know, all the way from men like that to men like today, like MacArthur and, and Lawson and, and other people who publicly call out these men in love, these men and women in love of the prosperity gospel and the word of faith movement. They call them out to repent, to recant from what they're saying. They, they, and they challenge them with biblical truth. And they, they publicly do it. They've written letters to the guys. They've, they've tried to talk to them. They've had debates on, on uh, Larry, whatever, King Live and all that stuff. They've tried and they've tried and they've tried. And you know what? They just won't listen. Why? Because they're not of God. They're of the devil. They're of the world. They love the world more than they love God. And God's given them over to a reprobate mind. And many times, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these false teachers have been called to repent. And many times they've refused to listen. Because they want the benefits of God more than they want God. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, chapter 2 through 4 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3 through three says this, But false prophets also appeared among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their indecent behavior, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. Jude 1.4 for certain people have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long before marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. 
Romans 16, 17. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learn and turn away from them. Now, guys, I'm going to I'm going to say some names here of some people that I want you guys to steer clear of. And if you want to ask me about them, that's fine. We can go into it. We can do a little bit deeper research uh, and that time comes. But I want you to know that I too have made the mistake of listening to people that I shouldn't have listened to and reading a book that I shouldn't have read before, okay? But I had a loving brother come alongside me and tell me, watch out for her. Don't read that book. Watch out for him. Do not listen to him. And did it make me a little bit frustrated at first? Yeah, of course it did. Nobody wants to hear anybody else tell him what to do. But he said it in love, and I'm a better Christian now because of that, okay? I got to steer clear of some false teachings that could have got me early on in my walk. So don't be mad at me. The only reason I'm calling these people out, if you listen to them, test what you hear. Take it to the Word. You don't have to be, I mean, you don't have to be mad at me. Take it to God and see what He says. So some of these teachers and some of these false preachers today... You know, Joel Olstein, he's probably one of the most famous ones for this movement. He denies that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He'll even say that Hindus can get to heaven. People who deny Jesus Christ can get to heaven is what he says. He gets on Oprah and on Larry King and he says, I just don't know about who can go to heaven. I I like to think that if maybe your heart's right. I mean, come on, Joel. Uh, You know, the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who should know it but the Lord? He's all about prosperity gospel. He's all about making yourself feel healthy and wealthy and wise. You think about Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. You know, he's, they're driven by money. You know, Kenneth Copeland actually describes God as a man like you and me. I think he even measures him out to be about 6'2 or 6'3 is what I heard him say. He claims that Jesus took on a satanic nature on the cross. And there's a bunch of people who listen to this guy all the time. Because he's all about send me some money and I'll send you a blessing. People want to be blessed. People want money. People want to be, uh, they're, they're in love with money. They want the things of the world. So they listen to these people who say that you can have it, but it's coming with this lie. I think of a false teacher named Joyce Myers who claims that she is sinless and that Jesus Christ stopped being the son of God on the cross when he became sin. We think of this guy who's very popular and he's actually in the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and I don't know why, but he, his name's Stephen Furtick. He approves of most of these false teachers. He actually says that Joyce Myers is the greatest Bible teacher alive today. Come on with all that, man. He denies the Trinity and he preaches modalism. So instead of there being three characters of the three persons of the Trinity, he says that they're all one with just three different forms. It's a denial of the Trinity in itself. That, and he promotes man and he demotes God. He's even been said saying that I am God Almighty. Come on with that, guys. I am God Almighty is what Stephen Furtick said. He even goes as far as to say uh, that following Jesus does not transform you. It only shows you who you've always been. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've been sinful from the start. Amen. Amen. I have been a sinner from day one. Brought with original sin from Adam and Eve. I've been a sinner from day one. I, I was dirty, rotten, unable to come to Jesus Christ on my own. And when I got, when Jesus got a hold of me, He transformed my life. Am I still a sinner? Yes, but I am saved by grace through faith and from Jesus Christ. And so it didn't show me who I've always been because who I've always been was a dirt bag. But He transformed me. It was like I got hit with a Mack truck. Amen. I didn't come out the same. Came out different. And the list could go on forever, but my goal is not to bash people, okay? Uh, my goal is to protect you guys. My goal is to protect the flock from these false teachers. Um, you know, and there's a, there's a big list of these guys. Search them out for yourself and see what they have to say. Listen to their clips. And, and guys, I know this, that if somebody had a video camera on us, everything, every time that we've preached, we've probably said some stuff that was stupid, right? But did we say anything that was heretical? 
meaning an error of the Bible and, and denying Jesus. Absolutely not. Have we ever said that stuff? Okay, absolutely not. And they say it over and over and over and over again. I want to protect you guys. I don't want to bash them. We need to pray for these people. But if I can't stop them from preaching, at least I can protect you guys from believing the lies and by calling attention to them. So if, if who you're listening to is not preaching the truth of Jesus Christ, it's been revealed to you tonight, then you need to run. If who you're listening to, uh, who are you listening to? Are you testing what you hear? Are you believing it all because they say that they're a preacher? Are you believing it all because they've got 14,000 people that go to their church every single Sunday? Uh, are you believing it because they've got a great following and an awesome music band behind them? Are you, say, are you believing them because they talk well and they quote some scripture here and there? I'll tell you what, Satan quoted scripture to Jesus, amen? The gospel is this, guys, that Jesus Christ, the, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, was born of a virgin as a little baby. He took on flesh, okay? He was betrayed. He was arrested. He was nailed to a cross. He was beaten. He was stabbed in the side. He died on that cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and after three days, he rose again. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back. That's the gospel, amen? And it's by faith, it's by grace, through faith, believing that gospel, that we're saved. And there's no other way to heaven but through that. That's it. That's the truth tonight, guys. And I'm bulldogmatic about that. And I'll stand on that. And not that's one of those times I could say, fight me, right? Like, that's something we could fight on a hill over, right? That's the gospel message. So are you saved? You're saved by, not by works, but by grace through this faith in the gospel. So I ask you guys this question. Have you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Have you come? Ask yourselves that tonight. Have you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Are you being led astray? You don't have to be led astray anymore. You can come to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ tonight because there's rest in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. There's healing in Jesus. You know, all your... Um, all your troubles may not be solved here in the world. Your deformities may not go away. Your ailments may not go away. Your sicknesses may not go away. But I want to tell you something. That Jesus is making all things new. Amen. He's bringing in a new heaven and a new earth. And there's going to be one day where there's no more sin, no more heartache, no more tears, brokenness, ailments. Daryl's going to have a full brain. We're going to shout hallelujah. We're going to glorify God. We're going to need no need for a lamp or for a son. But his face, the glory of God, the glory of Jesus' his son will illuminate the whole entire place. Amen. That's enough to get excited for. That's the only hope that I need. There's going to be no more pain. No more sin. Let's pray. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. We're uh, super grateful, God, just that you would call us to this place to worship you. And I just pray, God, that your word would fall um, on people's hearts and, and ears and minds tonight, that they would think about it when they go home. That they would think about who they listen to. That they would put to the test everything that I've said and everything that Brother Rick says and Daryl and Pete and anybody else who teaches in this place says. Jeff, and you know, and Matt and everybody. Just that we put everything to the test. That we wouldn't just believe it just because it came from a preacher. Help us, God, to start a revolution that's on fire for you. Another reformation here in this place, God. Here in this town, here in this city. Help us, Lord, to, to, to just be in love with the truth. To be in love with you, Jesus. I pray that tonight you would... Um, work in people's lives, um, that, that you would break them free from the bondage of false teachers? Would you break them free from the bondage of sin? Would you save people here in this room tonight, God? I pray that, that they, would, they would go home, they would not be the same. They'd be challenged, they'd be changed. Every man, woman, and child in this place tonight. It's in Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.